Welcome to Supercharge My Practice, a podcast dedicated to helping you build a thriving and fulfilling natural therapies business. Each week, your host, Anil Mustafa, interviews leading practitioners and field experts, sharing proven tactics, inspiring stories, and actionable steps that will help you unlock your potential. Supercharge My Practice is proudly brought to you by My Appointments Practice Management System. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first official episode of the Supercharge My Practice podcast. For today's episode, I wanted to dive into the concept of the attractive character so that you can understand the significance in building sustainable and successful business. Now, instead of delving into textbook definitions, what I wanted to do is to demonstrate to you what the attractive character is by sharing my own personal journey, experiences, and my insights. I'd like you to get to know me on a more personal level, the successes, the setbacks, and the pivotal moments that have helped shape my perspective. And then I'm going to ask you some questions. By the end of our time together, my goal is simple. I want to try and bridge the gap between you and I so that you not only connect with my story, but also gain the confidence that I'm not just here to talk, but to also offer you some useful advice that will help you in your business. So let's dive in. Now, first of all, you know my name already is Anil Mustafa, but what you don't know about me is that when I was 16, I was told that if I didn't have bilateral popliteal surgery, I'd end up in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. Now, even though innately I knew that wasn't the right thing for me to do, I was scared into compliance. And within three months of having that surgery, at the time my symptoms were only in my legs when I had the surgery, but within three months the pain had moved and I could now feel it through every inch of my body. And I vowed at that moment that I was going to look into natural therapies and different options, which all of the doctors advised me, strongly advised me against before the surgery. But I felt like I knew that I should have explored that option before going down the medical path. And I also wanted to put myself into a career that helped people with symptoms like mine. And most importantly, I wanted to make sure that I could help people avoid unnecessary surgery. So when I was in year 12, when it came time to deciding what to do, I was thinking maybe I'd do physiotherapy, but it just wasn't really resonating with me. So I booked an appointment with our careers teacher who was running really, really behind schedule. So while I waited outside his office, there was a brochure with, uh, sorry, a stand with a whole stack of brochures on it. And I couldn't even be bothered looking at the brochures, to be honest. I was so frustrated with feeling so stuck about what I wanted to do. So while I was waiting for him, I literally stood there and flicked the brochure stand round and round and round and round in circles. And then when the brochure stand stopped, in front of my eyes was a brochure about my therapy. And I've never heard of my therapy before, but innately I just went, oh, this sounds like something I would want to do. So I started feeling this glimmer of hope that I'd found where I wanted to, to go with my career. When the careers teacher was finally available, I showed him the brochure, excitedly told him that I think this was something that I would be interested in doing. And he just rubbished it and said, it's a TAFE course. You can't do it. You're too smart. You need to go to university. And that was back in the day when, you know, everybody felt that TAFEs and other forms of education aside from universities didn't offer enough value. So unfortunately, I listened to him and I enrolled in a commercial law course. And I hated it. I remember showing up to the first day of school with a little handbag and not even bringing a pen with me. And that's completely unlike me being such a good student. And about five weeks after being at this school, a girl had overdosed and somebody jumped in front of our car. We're in the car park 
and somebody jumped in front of our car as we're trying to find parking and said, call the ambulance, call the ambulance. So I've got out of the car and I'm like, what is going on? And I look on the ground and there's this woman lying there, blue in the face, not breathing. So I've grabbed my phone. I've called the ambulance. The ambulance were there within a few minutes, but they couldn't find us. So I'd had to run up to the top of the hill, tell the ambulance where to go. They got down to the girl. They gave her um, something. She'd had a drug overdose and they'd given her something to pick her up again and they managed to revive her. And when she came to, the first thing she did out of all of the, the people that were there was look at me and say, what the F are you looking at? And so I hurriedly walked away with the girl that I was with in the car at the time and she said to me, oh, I've encountered people like this before. They have a real vendetta against people that take them out of their high. So even though she knows that you were the one that potentially saved her life by calling the ambulance, I've heard of people like that being really upset by those people because they ruined their high. And that was enough for me to run for the hills. It gave me an excuse to leave that school And because I was such a good student, it was such a big deal for me not to be in university and my parents were mortified. But I thought that them knowing that I'd been through this really scary encounter might be enough. And they weren't impressed with me, to be honest, but I did it anyway. And so I spent the rest of that year being a little bit of a nomad. And I really had this inkling of wanting to go back to my therapy. But again, it just kept ringing in my head. You know, you're too smart to be in a TAFE course. So I um, became a bit of a nomad. I worked at Rebel Sport for the rest of that year. And then one day as I was walking through an area that I used to hang out with with my friends, I noticed that there was this chiropractic clinic there. And I looked in and thought, I don't know a lot about chiropractic. I'd love to learn more. I wonder if this chiropractor will let me come and observe him as he's treating his patients. And, and as I think back on that now, I think what a crazy idea that you would just randomly walk into a clinic and ask if you can observe while the practitioner is observing their patients. And I'm by no means an extrovert. So for me to have worked up the courage that day to walk into that clinic is quite huge. But as I've walked in, the chiropractor is standing behind the desk and there's a woman standing beside him. And I explained to him that I don't know a lot about chiropractic, but I'm thinking about something, studying something within that space. And would he mind allowing me to observe him? And he said, yeah, for sure. We actually need a receptionist. Would you be consider, you know, consider coming in and applying for a job as a receptionist? And I said, oh, yeah, I might consider doing that. And then the woman standing next to him happened to be his wife. And she said to me, aren't you Jemal's daughter? And I looked at her and I said, yeah, how did you know that? She said, oh, our our fathers know each other. I'm such and such and my sisters are this and that. I'm sure you know who they are. I said, oh, I'm really sorry. I actually don't don't recall you. She goes, well, our dads are really good friends. I thought, oh, wow, this is quite a coincidence. I was already a, um, a head up there just for the job because they knew who my family was. So I got the job there as a receptionist and I worked in there for a little while and it gave me the passion definitely to go in and study my therapy. So I left there and went and enrolled in the my therapy course in a private college, which had just started, but it wasn't a tape. So it gave me the confidence to go ahead and do that. Uh, it cost me an absolute fortune while I was working at Rebel Sport part-time trying to cover the cost of this private college instead of going to the TAFE that was a fraction of the price. But I did it. I enrolled in this two-year-long course and loved every single moment of it. And at the end of my first year, I was technically qualified as a massage therapist and the chiropractor calls me and he says to me, my my therapist is going on holiday for three months. I need you to come and replace her to take over her client base. I said, I can't do that. I don't have any experience. He said, yes, you can. You can do this. And I'm like, seriously, I'm not confident. I'm only just about to start student clinic. I don't have enough experience to be taking over the client base of an existing myotherapist. 
And he said, you'll be fine. Go find some places to do free work so that you can get some experience. I want you to start by the 17th of January. I went, holy moly, this is a lot of pressure. But he convinced me that I would be able to do this. So what I did was I went to the gym that I was a member of. I asked them if I could use one of their spare rooms to offer free massages to people. And I did the same thing at my brother's soccer club. And it was quite comical thinking back to those days because obviously I didn't have a lot of experience. So what I did was I created a book that had chapters on back pain and neck pain and all that sort of stuff. And when somebody would walk into the clinic, I'd say to them, oh, what's your presenting symptoms? And they would say, I've got back pain. And so I'd open up my textbook and have a look at back pain where the trigger points were located and then start poking and prodding around on their bodies to see if I could identify where their pain points were. I definitely got a lot of odd looks. There's no doubt about that. But as soon as I put my hands on these people, they just felt this instant calm. And in those three weeks that I did that free work, I gained so much experience. And then I started working with this chiropractor. And about three months later, I said to him, when's the my therapist coming back? And he said to me, oh, she's back. And I said, well, when do you want me to finish up? He said, I don't want you to finish up. The patients prefer your treatment over her treatment. I want you to stay. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. This is a my therapist that's got three years of clinical experience, plus she had a four-year human movement degree, and the patients were preferring me. And that was my first lesson in understanding that experience and knowledge doesn't trump motivation and genuine client care. So I had a really good experience there. And by the end of that year, the chiropractor decided to move on to another practice and I'd enrolled in a double degree in chiropractic. So I couldn't follow him to where he was going. And he gave me the opportunity to take over his lease, which was at the time a really good price. And I thought I can afford this. I can make this work based on the number of clients that I had. So he left and then I took over the practice. And at that time, as I said, I'd graduated my therapy. So one of the girls that had graduated with me came in and started working at the clinic along with me. And we were quickly able to grow the clinic to the point where we started getting other my therapists in and massage therapists as well. And then I felt like I needed to take the next leap. I'd conquered having a my therapy practice. I was very, very busy with a waiting list and my other practitioners were also busy. But I wanted to take the next leap. And the next leap for me looked like opening up a one-stop shop wellness studio with other different types of practitioners. So I was only about 23 at the time. I found a house that wasn't too far away and I bought it, converted it into a medical centre and then brought in all these other disciplines as well. And after a period of time, I felt like I'd conquered that and I wanted to move on to the next thing, which was Pilates. And at that time, I only wanted to do uh, one-on-one sessions with my patients. But after doing the course, I loved it so much that I decided to start teaching classes. So I rented out some spaces in some local gyms and community halls, and the classes quickly grew. One of my other my therapists went off and did the course, and then she joined me in running classes as well. So I decided to open up a Pilates studio. At the time, I was 36 weeks pregnant with my first child when we opened the doors to my Pilates studio. And then two weeks later, I gave birth to my first son. We brought in, uh, I brought in a, a yoga practitioner as well, and we had some uh, lots of classes running in that studio. And then when my son was about three months old, I started getting this itchy feet of going, okay, well, I've conquered the Pilates studio now. What's next? And it always been a dream of mine to have like a one-stop shop. And the missing ingredient for me was the gym. So I found a large warehouse 
applied for permits, and then when my son was nine months old, moved in, brought my clinic over and my Pilates studio over into this big warehouse. We had six treatment rooms. Uh, I had the gym and obviously the Pilates studio and a separate office space for myself as well. And after about a year, uh, I'd taken on the uh, warehouse next door and expanded out the gym space and then had two additional group fitness classes and then introduced pole classes and a whole bunch of other stuff. I was constantly on the move wanting to improve services for my patients. And then after a period of time, I was had my second child by that point and then fell pregnant with my twins who are my third and fourth babies. So I decided that it might be time for me to move on from that practice and I sold it to one of my personal trainers who was one of the employees at my clinic. And from there, I didn't work for a couple of years while I was the mother of four young children. And not long after that, I started working on the Your Health, Your Choice platform, which is a consumer advocacy platform to protect right of choice in accessing natural therapies. And as we were working uh, on this platform at this time, I'd found a business partner, Claudia, and so she joined me and we were working on the YHYC campaign together. And we were looking at ways around the rebates issue. So we were doing a lot of campaigning on rebates, trying to get rebates back for natural healthcare practitioners. And when the, excuse language, shit hit the fan with the rebates being axed for so many of our practitioners, we thought, well, what else can we do to help our practitioners in be successful in their business? So we came up with the idea of building a directory as well as a practice management system, which is called My Appointments. And through the course of us building the My Appointments platform, I started running some webinars um, they're all about helping practitioners understand the fundamentals of running successful business. And what I quickly realized was there were so many practitioners out there that weren't fortunate enough to learn the fundamentals of running a business that I had had access to because I'd worked with this chiropractor for a year and he was a really good business person. He had a really good attitude towards looking after his clients. So that's a really quick rundown on me and my background and all of the things that I have done, starting from the age of 19 up until where I am here today, over 23 or oh, 20, yeah, 23 years later. So my questions to, uh, to you are, do you think that my personal experiences add a relatable dimension to the business advice that I'll be providing you through this podcast? And after learning about my background, do you find yourself more inclined to trust the insights that I'm sharing? Do you feel you have a better understanding of my motivations and the passions for why I'm here and uh, the discussions that I want to bring to you? And the reason I ask you this is because the lesson in learning the attractive character is to get you to know me. And having heard my business experiences, it's my hope that you understand that I've been here for quite a while and I've tried a lot of different things and gone up and down and lots of things that I've worked in my business. I had no marketing experience. I had no business experience and I learned everything on the job. And what I found was that I was really good at building businesses. And so I wanted to share that with you to help introduce the concept of the attractive character. So what is that? Well, it's a concept that really transcends traditional marketing strategies. It's all about presenting yourself as more than just a business entity. It's about becoming relatable and magnetic to your patients. Now, to embody the attractive character, you really need to share your own personal journey 
openly and authentically with your patients. You want to highlight your struggles and your triumphs. You want to showcase the real human behind the brand. People don't connect with brands, they connect with people. You want to cultivate a unique persona that resonates with your patients, allowing them to connect with you on a much deeper level. By doing so, you establish trust, you establish credibility, uh, you're making your advice and insights more compelling. Now, when you've got uh, patients that trust you, when it doesn't matter how much experience you have, it doesn't matter how good you are as a practitioner, but when you've got patients connecting and trusting and understanding that you're there for the right reasons, your patient retention will go through the roof. And I can tell you unequivocally and without any doubt that the practitioners in my practice that did the best weren't those that had the most experience, weren't those that had uh, the most knowledge. It was the practitioners who really showed their patients that they were genuinely interested in helping them get better. Their bedside manner was better. There was just this genuine nature about them. And it was because they opened up with their patients. So their patients felt like they knew them as well. So these are things that are so important in helping build your practice. One, because when patient compliance is better, patient outcomes are better. And if patient outcomes are better, you're going to lead to a steady stream of new clients because those patients will then refer other patients to your practice as well. It's incredibly powerful and it's how I built my business. I did not spend any time marketing myself as a practitioner. Uh, when I worked with a chiropractor, he handballed me over a few patients. He taught me some really valuable lessons about client retention and being confident in rebooking patients, all of which are things that we'll be exploring through these next few episodes of the podcast. But ultimately, I was able to grow a practice just by referrals with a long waiting list of patients to get in to see me purely because of the time I spent making sure that my patients had a really good experience in seeing me. And it wasn't just the physical treatment, it was everything around that. And that included mapping out their journey and making them understand what to expect with the treatment as well. In a world saturated with information, I think being the attractive character really sets you apart making your expertise more relatable and your guidance more impactful. Ultimately, embracing the attractive character can lead to stronger connections with your patients, again, heightened trust and a more engaged community around your brand. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to the first episode of the Supercharge My Practice podcast. In next week's episode, I'll be interviewing the amazing, amazing, amazing Damien Christoph, who is a nutritionist, naturopath and chiropractor. And he shares some insightful information about how he built his practice, touching on client retention, asking for referrals and other ways in the which he built a successful business. So thank you for joining me and I look forward to having you join me in the next session. Thank you for tuning in today and I look forward to having you join me in the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest releases and for more helpful tips, look for me on Instagram under the handle Supercharge My Practice. This podcast is proudly sponsored by My Appointments.